The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Second hour of the show today. One hour from right now, Dr. Wendy joins us. Dr. Wendy Patrick will be joining us to talk about... We're going to talk about some juxtaprogressivism. Nothing like an 11-syllable word on a Monday, is there? Is that 11 syllables? Juxta, progressive, is... No, it's not even close. But it's a... Needless to say, it is an SAT-type word. We're going to talk about some of those progressives who say, I can do it, but you can't. And speaking of I can do it and you can't, we were discussing during the break... The situation, when we left here on Friday, Kathy Griffin was dealing with the press conference she gave and uh, the claim that she made that the Trump family was, was trying to put her out of business as a comic. The, the fact that she said Donald Trump picked the wrong redhead to take on And then she said that he broke her just a few minutes later. You know, it was just amazing that 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 happened. And then so all of Friday, that's what we were talking about. All of Friday, we were talking about the fact that Kathy Griffin held this press conference. And could could anywhere, anybody somewhere take the pressure off Kathy Griffin? Well, we soon found out that, yes, somebody could. When, when we heard Bill Maher say the, the dumb thing he said on Friday night, and I'm not going to repeat the word he used because I like my job. So uh, I have questions, though, about it. So just when we thought Kathy Griffin and her, her contradictory statement was, uh, was going to own the weekend... We had Bill Maher kick us off with uh, the Saturday morning stuff. And, um, well, you know, then we ended up with a bunch of people on the left saying Bill Maher should lose his job because he used the N-word. And we actually had people who were playing the video and analyzing the video to say, well, did he say the N-word with an A at the end 
or did he say the n-word with an er at the end because apparently it makes a difference in the in the racial crime book is it a hate crime or is it a punchline what 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 does this fall under and so i i don't understand it i'm a free speech advocate i i said it's okay for kathy griffin to do what she did but it's also okay for cnn to fire her so Kathy Griffin gets fired from, according to her press conference, at least five gigs. Bill Maher comes out and says the most toxic word in the English language to black people. At least it's the most toxic word when it comes out of the mouth of a white person or a non-black person. So I, I, don't, I don't understand the hypocrisy. And we were trying to have a actually a grown-up conversation on this during the break. Shamant and I were having a what I consider to be kind of a grown-up rational conversation on this. And I'm honestly uh, full of uh, intellectual curiosity about how to understand it and rationalize it. And and I don't I don't get it. I don't I honestly don't get it. I'm as a free speech guy. I think all speech has to be okay. And yet there are companies allowed to say, we don't want you to say that on our airwaves, so you're not going to work here anymore, which is the Kathy Griffin thing. But HBO has basically said they're not happy about it, but they're not going to fire Bill Maher. They apparently didn't think he crossed the line of their standards. But Shamat, um, Shamat, I want to ask you, and Shimon pushes all the buttons and tries to keep me on track on time and and also adds his brain to this crazy show. Shimon, should Bill Maher be fired for using the N-word the way he did? Uh, here's the, hey, I get the sigh. The thing is, Mike, uh, I'm, I'm not offended by the N-word. Um, I think it's more of how it's being used. And and like well, like I said, with the R at the end or the A, and it it is a difference. But at the end of the day, Mike, uh, I'm not offended by it. But it but it's how a person says it. You you could tell how a person says it if they says it in the in a racial way. If they're just saying that like in a joking way. Okay, okay, and I understand that that there there are times when somebody could try and use it as as a punchline. And if someone used it, if you if you're saying now you you can add intent to the way the person used the word, and maybe the intent helps with uh, making a decision on whether or not it was appropriate to use that word. Yeah, correct, correct. This is, I mean, and you could tell. Like I said, you could tell. Uh, you can read a person, or at least I know I can a lot of times. I can read a person and tell how they're using it, how they're referring, and, and where they're coming across, you know. So I, I usually don't get offended because at the end of the day, it's just a word, you know, um, and I'm, I'm past that. You know, I'm, I'm working to be better. I never try to look back at things. I try to look forward. Well, you bring up a great point. Uh, are you familiar with the comic Lenny Bruce? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Do you remember his statement on the N-word? No, I don't. It, it dealt with... The fact that he wanted all of us to use it all the time, every day. Oh, wow. He, he wanted all of us to use it so often that it suddenly had no meaning. That it would not make a small child cry anymore. That no longer would a black child come home from school 
after being called that word in tears and the parents have their hearts broken because this kid then was exposed to racism. Lenny Bruce's idea was say it over and over and over again until we remove the power from the word. Wow, that's because deep. it is deep. And it's, it's also uh, a point of understanding it. And I think when we make it so toxic, when we build a fence around that word, mm -hmm. we then suddenly give it power. We suddenly make it true like, oh, oh, my God, this is a nuclear weapon. And if this is used, it's going to kill everybody. Mm. Well, you and, know, Mike, the, the, the word represents ignorance, you know, uh, especially in my understanding. Um, so, I, you know, I might just cause somebody to, <laughs> to act ignorant. <laughs> Well, that's a really good point. The, the word does represent, it represents ignorance, it represents hate, it represents the darkest part of our past as a country and as people. It represents uh, a, a lack of, I think, confidence in, in your own self. I think if you're using that word, you're not strong enough as an individual to say, I'm okay just as me. Mm -hmm. And so it does mean a, a bunch of different things. But as a, as a guy who, you know me a little bit, I don't use that word. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not going to kid you. I have used it to shock people mm -hmm. when, when people are talking and, and they're talking about the word. And I will say it to freak them out. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I've never used it at a person as a weapon, yeah. as, 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 as you were saying, to the, intentionally hurt them. Now, if we, if we are to make it, see, I, this is, goes back to my thing about separate graduations and separate dormitories. Mm -hmm. I think if we allow one group of citizens to use that word, then we have to allow all citizens to use it. And, and that seems to be the sticking point. Yeah, it's 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 a touchy. It's it's very touchy because at the end of the day, people get offended. People get offended over anything, Mike. You know, it, you could walk down the street and spit on the ground, and somebody get offended. You know, uh, so it's 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 hard to say because my and, and my existence, my I don't want to give my age, <laughs> but just <laughs> existing on this earth. <laughs> um, oh man, it's like. I've seen it. I've seen it on a racial turn, and I've seen it just being cool with people. And it's like it. it I grew up as it being hurtful. Like I don't. I don't like when I I hear a white person say it, or before when I heard, but it's like no. I just got angry. I wanted to even not just white people though. If I heard a Mexican say it, if I heard any, you know, like you, it's, you know. But as I got as I've gotten older and experienced life more, it's like. I can't I can't let those little things affect me, you know, and I wish all people would be like that to the point where we could say anything and it won't offend anybody. Well, it's like you said so eloquently earlier, the use of that word as as a weapon, as an insult, as a pejorative is is ignorant mm -hmm. and it, it shows ignorance. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I know there are many in your community and many in the rap community and the and the comedy community, specifically black comics, mm. I know, mm -hmm. who uh, who will use it just as parlance, as part of their language, and you know they they know that they will tell me I'm not supposed to use it, but they think it's okay, 
and and then there are comics like George Wallace and I go way back, mm-hmm. and he doesn't use that word, mm-hmm. and Whoopi n- doesn't use that word, mm-hmm. and we actually had a conversation about it, and I asked her about it, and she said I don't use it, and number one, I've never met one, mm. so why would I ever have the case to use it? And I thought, wow, what a great statement. So it's it's a tough question. I you know I I wonder where people stand on it. If if anybody has a thought on it, uh, I think it's more the the discussion can divide us more than it can bring us together if we're not honest about it. Uh, you said something when I asked you about it during the break, and I hope I'm not uh, betraying a trust. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and you said uh, the the word uh, it 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 reminds people of oppression. Yeah. And. And I said, well, you're not oppressed. And, and you know, you said, well, how do you know? <laughs> Maybe you are. I don't, I don't know how anybody living in America today could feel oppressed compared to the way life in this country was in the 1860s, even up to the 1960s, well, where th- things were still changing. I w- okay. I. <clears throat> A lot of these words are pretty, you know, oppression is, is, is like viewed different ways to different people. I would say, I would say probably not oppressed, but, uh, it's a hard topic. Yes, it it is. It is. It it can be, you know, especially when you're not trying to use the wrong words, (laughs) Because um, <laughs> you know you can dance around it all day. I understand, <laughs> my neighbor. <laughs> we say ninja. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that what you say? Yeah, you try to. You oh, know, that's very we, funny. Yeah, so you know, I, I study karate too, anyway. But uh, but nah, it's just it's it's yeah, it's a hard topic. But I say you know. Nobody can hold us, hold anybody down anymore, if you, unless you want to be held down. You know, true. Uh, there's True a things I, I always say that my dad taught me as it's not about being used, it's about being misused. Because people use you, you every day. We use people every day. You know, we get mm-hmm. used and we use people. So it's not about being used because you use somebody to get something, and somebody uses you to get something. Like we, I use the blades to get a paycheck, and they use me to get work. You know, so. uh it's not about being used, about being misused. So as long as you're not being misused, then I say I'm all for it, whatever. Well, I appreciate you having an open conversation on it. It's a very sensitive topic. Yeah. And it's a topic that we're not going to end in one discussion. It's a topic that doesn't go away. It hasn't gone away. A um, hundred years after we ended slavery, we were still fighting against some of the old guard that was out there in this country and then another 50 years later we're still wrestling with issues so it's it's not going away but the most important thing is for people to be honest with one another uh i i I want everybody to be able to say everything but just understand that situational awareness could also bring consequences to your actions and your words if you're not situationally aware, uh, you could pay the price for the choice of words you use anywhere you go. And speaking of that, after we get back from the break, I have to play the Al Sharpton clip from Sunday because it's killing me. It's just killing me. And no, he doesn't use the word. He just he's Al Sharpton being Al Sharpton. And I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka. 
on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, there's something tasty from Al Sharpton coming up, but I got to remind you about Relief Factor. All natural, anti-inflammatory, helps thousands of people, including Blaze employees, Blaze audience members, people with chronic pain. Nothing worse than chronic pain because you get up, you know what's coming. And that was me 13 weeks ago before I got my three-week quick start pack for $19.95 from Relief Factor. Started it that day. Opened it up. Bang. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. I took them and I just kept faithful to it. A week later on day eight, I stopped feeling the pain in my knees, the chronic pain. I played golf this weekend and I'll tell you what, I came very close to that hole in one. I I feel really good. And it's all about not taking over-the-counter prescription meds or or over-the-counter or prescription meds. No pain reliever. I take the anti-inflammatory all-natural relief factor. So that's it. What are you waiting for? 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relief factor. Get the relief I got. Relieffactor.com if you need more info. Just pick up the phone and call them. 800-583-84. Get the three-week quick start plan like I did. Now, I was talking about I was talking about Al Sharpton. Sharpton used to be this just treasure trove of live TV screw-ups. He would never disappoint and if you if you don't believe me, Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter, uh, they are classic, classic super cuts from the guys at the Washington Free Beacon. Thank you, David Rutz. Uh, th- they are just entertaining as all hell. So when I got up on on Monday morning today, very early, and I saw, oh, Al Sharpton can't pronounce Ben Sass's name. And I'm thinking, this can't, this can't be true. Because what happened when MSNBC took Sharpton off live, they put him on, on a uh, taping schedule where they would tape his show Thursday or Friday, and then if he screwed up, they could fix it. Whereas he was live before, and because he was live, they... Um, they couldn't, they couldn't mask his, his screw-ups. So this happened Sunday morning on live TV. Al Sharpton talking about the, the uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Maher's story. 
but he can't. He can't pronounce Ben Sass's name. Ma was talking to Republican Nebraska Senator Ben Sassy. Wait, <laughs> who was he talking to? Republican Nebraska Senator Ben Sassy. He then asked Sassy if people do that in Nebraska. By the way, Bill Ma. I got to stop him. Uh, can we also fix the word ask, Reverend? If you're going to be up there on television, I know it's a cultural thing. But it's spelled A-S-K. It's ask. It's not axe. You should be a role model. <laughs> I know. He kept saying it, though. HBO and Congressman Sassy all have issued a... Congressman Sassy? He's a senator. I know you got it right the first time. Omar, HBO, and Congressman Sassy all have issued apologies. Well, <laughs> Al Sharpton, the gift that keeps on giving... Al Sharpton. I just hope, I, I hope that he has to do more live shows so that we get more Al versus the teleprompter. Maybe it's a Monday treat. We might bring back a classic. Come on back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I you know, there's so much strange news. There's serious news going on and there's strange news going on. So you know me, I'm leaning towards a little bit of strange news. Top of the next hour, our good friend Dr. Wendy Patrick joins us to talk about some of the contradictory statements of progressives. And uh, we've got a few clips to play that show that, too. But it, it's just such a strange day, a strange moment. I'm, I'm looking at the news. First of all, it might be because it's Veggie Burger Day. Stop it. That, there's, a, there is no good veggie burger. I've tried all of them. Because, you know, you say, well, I shouldn't eat quite so much meat. And Dr. Jorge says, as long as it's the size of a deck of cards, you're okay. But you, you never will get a hamburger, a good hamburger that's the size of a deck of cards. The best hamburgers are thick and juicy and about 8 to 12 ounces. But today's National Veggie Burger Day. No, thank you. Uh, it is also um, National Moonshine Day. Which, which would explain why Jeffy planned his vacation for this week. And this one I don't get. When you, when you think of gingerbread houses, what season do you think of? Right, Christmas. This is National Gingerbread House Day. How? Yeah. Or maybe it's just National Gingerbread Day, and I automatically went to the Gingerbread House Day. But uh, these national days are troubling me. There is some history that we have to cover, but I have to question 
some more craziness. You guys know I'm a hockey fan. Unfortunately, my team, the Chicago Blackhawks, did not <laughs> did not fare well in the postseason. It was a rough end of year, and uh, our guys are playing playing hockey right now. But watching the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Nashville Predators play, something happened that I'm just trying to trying to understand. A guy in Tennessee calls himself, quote, a dumb redneck with a bad idea. Gee, you're the first guy ever to earn that title. He self-proclaims, he identifies as a, quote, dumb redneck with a bad idea. That's after police charged him, arrested him and charged him for throwing a dead catfish on the ice in the um, opening game of the Stanley Cup final last week. Police say Jacob Waddell tossed the fish over the glass that protects the rink. You know, it protects the audience, actually, from flying pucks. But it encircles the entire rink. This guy tossed a, a, a big old catfish over that glass and onto the ice. He was ejected, handcuffed, taken to the police station, charged with disorderly conduct, and for possessing instruments of crime. I'm sorry, but when did a fish become an instrument of crime? I guess now maybe in uh, Nashville it is. He was ejected, charged with disorderly conduct, possessing instruments of crime, and disrupting meetings or processions. I guess that's the law. You're not allowed to disrupt meetings or processions. If that's the case, I am a wanted man for the things I have done at Blaze staff meetings. The 36-year-old guy, he could go to jail for six months for tossing a catfish on the ice. I, <laughs> what are you doing throwing a catfish on the ice? Uh, you're supposed to. Well, the Detroit Red Wings fans, they throw an octopus on the ice. Um, I'm guessing the Panthers in, um, in Florida, they, they have rats. I, I don't think they're throwing real rats. They're probably throwing rubber rats. And the Predators have this catfish. Now, why? They say it's for good luck. They, they say it's for good luck. The guy who started it, there's one guy who's claiming it. The original catfish chucker has been identified as Bob Wolf. He, he said he wanted secrecy. But the tradition, it's known around Nashville, apparently. But um, thanks to Mr. Waddell, I, how do you get into a sports arena with a catfish in your coat? A nine-pound catfish wrapped up in newspaper and plastic wrap. It's just maddening. It's just maddening, but it's been going on for a while. So can you imagine you're in jail? You got six months. You got slapped with six months for uh, disorderly conduct and interrupting a, a meeting or a procession. And the guy, Bubba, is in the cell next. He goes, what are you in for? Catfish. You mean you, you tricked somebody into giving you their identity and you catfished them? No, 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 no. Catfish. What do you mean? I threw a real catfish onto the ice at a Stanley Cup hockey game.
and then the silence in the cell, followed by six months of very uncomfortable living, I'm sure. That's part of the weird news. There's more weird news. Remember, do you remember when Glenn Beck created the work of art, Obama in PP? It was uh, Barack Obama in a container of liquid that Glenn saved, that he said he had saved his own urine for days and was going to put Obama in inside this pee-pee, Obama in pee-pee, I think was the actual title of the work of art. It was not urine. It was a, a facsimile of urine. I First of all, if you, you look at the urine, you would say, Glenn, you need to get to your doctor right now. If that's the color of your urine, that's a, that's a big problem. But that was inspired by something known as, pardon my French, the piss Christ, which was a plastic figure of Jesus hanging on the cross submerged in a yellow liquid. And the artist, a guy named Serrano, Andres Serrano, created this photo of the artwork and claimed it was his very own homegrown urine. Well, it raised a, a whole lot of anger, and I, rightfully so. And now it's going to uh, be displayed once again, a four-month exhibition at the Station of Contemporary Art in Houston, Texas. The Station Museum of Contemporary Art in Houston, Texas, is going to give us uh, a re-exhibiting of the Piss Christ alongside a jumbo portrait of the president. Come on. What are we doing? Serrano apparently won a $15,000 award from the, partially paid for by you and I, from the National Endowment of the Arts. And the print of this lovely display sold for $277,000. $277,000. So there you have it. Uh, if you're in the Houston area, you can... You can see this man's work right there. It's a little disturbing, right? It's more than disturbing. For the people who screamed and hollered about the fact that the, the conservatives were not giving President Obama the proper respect, you are now allowing, encouraging, and doing worse than anything we saw from even the most fringy of the fringe of the far right. You are now embarrassing yourself. It is offensive. It's offensive to me as a Catholic. It's offensive to me as an American. It should be offensive to everybody. And we all have to have the ability to stand up and tell people it offends us. And that's part of the free speech. This guy's allowed to do it. But I'm also allowed to point out the hypocrisy, the juxtaprogressivism on display when people do this. I'm stepping aside. Speaking of juxtaprogressivism, when we get back, uh, let's talk about the people who'd say, do as I say, not as I do. That's next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. A lot going on, just a little bit. We're going to talk with uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick, our friend who's here just about every Monday. Somebody I respect greatly, somebody who has a, a really interesting perspective on things. And as Wendy and I were prepping for the show, we were talking about juxtaprogressivism, which is a, a term that I think Doc Thompson created. And it refers to it refers to that do as I say, not as I do mentality that so many progressives progressives have. I'm not gonna kid you. There are conservatives who have the same thing going on. But the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do Mercedes Maoist limousine liberal seems to be infecting the progressive community, the left side of the aisle, more than the right side of the aisle. And it's easier to identify. And it was so easy to do just that. This, this past weekend, after, after the president pulled us out of the climate agreement, and you saw a general meltdown by progressives, not just elected progressives, but by celebrity progressives, superstar business progressives from every walk of, of life. You had Hollywood, you had industry, you had retired billionaires, you had foreigners, you had friends of the Obamas like Richard Branson. You had, uh, what's his name, Elon Musk, who said, uh, if you're going to pull out of this accord, I'm going to take my toys and go home. He basically said, I'm leaving the president's economic council. So much for having creative differences and still being able to work alongside of one another. So much for demanding bipartisanism, as long as you agree with me. Tucker Carlson, who I don't give a lot of time to because I've, I just haven't spent a lot of time watching Tucker Carlson. Apparently, he's developing and growing and becoming a real solid broadcaster. But this weekend, he needed 90 seconds to tear apart the juxtaprogressives out there. This was a wonderful slice of his show after the climate accord and the decision by the White House to get out of it. So obviously some of the most successful people in the world are highly upset about this, and almost none of them have bothered to explain what's actually in the Paris deal, though. But they assure us that deal is the solution to the single gravest threat this planet has ever faced, rising levels of atmospheric CO2. They're dead serious about that. You can tell by the outraged looks on their faces and the purple <laughs> rhetoric. But hold on a minute. Can we really be sure that these people take carbon emissions seriously? Well, to find out, we compared what they say to how they live. The rule being, don't watch listen or don't listen watch it's always much more revealing so let's start with billionaire retailer richard branson he says fossil fuels are dangerous and he calls trump's decision quote america first earth last now on the other hand branson owns a dassault falcon 50 ex private jet it burns more fuel on a single flight to maui than you're going to go through in a lifetime of trips to the shore interesting right branson friend of the obamas the guy who went kite sailing or kite surfing whatever you call it with the obamas off his yacht by his private island, probably flown to on his private jet, doesn't want us to get out of the climate agreement, but then his carbon footprint covers most of the planet. But wait, there's more. Elon Musk, meanwhile, is mad about global warming too, yet he flies around in a Gulfstream G650 ER. 
Bill Gates says he's deeply concerned, yet he still commutes in a $62 million Bombardier BD700 Global Express. Can you imagine the gas mileage that gets? <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio says Trump's move threatens, quote, the livability of our planet. And yet DiCaprio flew a private jet 4,000 miles from Cannes, France to New York to accept a climate award and then flew back privately. Hillary Clinton tweeted that Trump's pullout was, quote, a historic mistake that leaves American workers and families behind. And yet, speaking of workers and their families, there probably weren't a lot of those on board last year when Hillary used a private jet to fly 20 miles from Martha's Vineyard to Nantucket for a fundraiser. Hmm. I also think Tucker, well, he couldn't have known this. Al Gore made the rounds of the Sunday talk shows this week. Al Gore talking about how he's outraged at the president's decision. Now, what made Al Gore show up after 17 years of not being interviewed? 17 years it's been since all the Sunday talk shows had him on. And they all mentioned it. It's been 17 years. Let's not let another 17 years pass. Al Gore's got a movie coming out this summer called An Inconvenient Sequel. Al Gore's only interested in money and making money. And he made a statement on one of the shows. I got to go back and check which one. Gore said he doesn't own a private jet. That doesn't mean he doesn't fly on private jets. He also claimed he flew on Southwest Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right you did. Sure you did, Al Gore. Unless you bought every seat on the plane. What a what a bunch of juxtaprogressives. We'll be back after the break and joined by Dr. Wendy Patrick to talk about this concept of juxtaprogressivism. Next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.